Hi everyone, thank you so much for inviting us into your space today. We really appreciate being a part of your day. So we also wanted to let you know that we have a lot going on at we our do. church. So be sure to check out our website or our app for upcoming events and activities. Also be sure to like and subscribe so you can see more content come into your feed. Enjoy the service. Welcome everyone, so glad you're here. And those who are watching this message online, happy Easter to everyone. Jesus is risen and we get to celebrate that reality. Now for us as a church, today marks the conclusion of, it marks the conclusion of a year long journey we've been on where we have been walking through the book of John, which is this amazing eyewitness account of Jesus' life and ministry. So we explored together the teaching of Jesus and, and his arrest and his crucifixion. And then a few weeks ago, we looked at John chapter 20, where Jesus, or John describes Jesus' resurrection. So all of this culminates in a little summary that John gives at the end of chapter 20. Check this out. John says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So the entire book of John has been written to us so that we can see the amazing person Jesus is, and by believing in him, we can experience life in his name. I mean, isn't that what all of us want to experience, right? We want to experience life fullness of life. I mean, that's what the resurrection of Jesus offers us. Life today. John isn't simply talking about some future in heaven. He is talking about what Jesus offers us now in the present. Jesus offers us life. So what exactly does that look like? Are we talking about some I don't know, super spiritual, quasi nerdy, you know, kind of go to church all the time way of living. Thankfully, no. Okay. Um, nor is it simply praying some prayer to get us into heaven. No, what, what we see in the final chapter of John, John chapter 21, is that experiencing life in Jesus is about walking with Jesus in the everyday stuff of life. It is a daily, moment by moment, relational walk with Jesus who is alive. I love this imagery of walking with Jesus. This past two months, we have done these marriage enrichment nights one, um, each month. And on a marriage enrichment nights on a Wednesday night, I will teach some content about a relational principle um, from, from just uh, in terms of enhancing and pouring life into your marriage. And then you give some homework for couples to work on. We've had a bunch of couples come and, and they work on that for the next month. And by the way, we have, we have another one of these coming up this Wednesday. It's not too late to sign up. Um, Sunday night's the deadline. You can sign up, it's free, all that, but you gotta sign up. Anyway, in each of these gatherings, I've, after I've taught some content, I then interview a, a married couple. And in both, both times we've done this, the, the, the married couple, when they're talking about their marriage relationship, both of them have said how important it is for them to take walks regularly. That there is something about the pace of walking and the opportunity for interaction with each other that they find deepens their relational connection. Which is why I love talking about our relationship with Jesus being a walk with him. Experiencing life in Jesus is about walking with Jesus in the everyday stuff of life, which brings us to John chapter 21, where we see this played out in a beautiful way. Verse one, 
Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Now, this is most likely a few days after Jesus initially appeared to the disciples. They know he's risen, but they don't really know what to do with that. They don't really have their marching orders yet. So what are they doing? They're hanging out. They're not in a synagogue. They're not in some intense prayer meeting or listening to the latest Bible teaching podcast. They're just hanging out. This is just everyday life. And as they're hanging out and feeling kind of bored, Peter says, I'm going fishing. Peter was a fisherman. So this was a natural thing for him to do with some free time. And the rest of them say, we'll go with you. So the seven of them go out, get on their boat, they go fishing and they, go, they fish all night and they catch nothing, which I'm sure was incredibly frustrating. Verse four, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Now look, this question was not to gather information. Jesus is teasing them. Haven't you caught anything? I mean, this is the kind of banter you'd hear among golfing buddies. You ever gonna make a putt? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and, and look, I love the playfulness of Jesus here. He is not being super spiritual. He's just kidding around with his friends. I mean, how often do we envision a Jesus who is playful and fun? So often we, we look at Jesus in the Bible through this serious lens, and I think we miss a crucial part of his personality. He is fun to be around. People were drawn to him. Has Jesus ever whispered something playful to you, something that made you laugh? See, Jesus, Jesus knows they've been fishing all night and they have nothing to show for it. So he is playfully poking fun at that by asking them, have you caught anything? Verse five, no, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. This is hilarious. They were the experts, right? They are the fishermen who haven't caught anything. And here is Jesus giving them some unsolicited fishing advice, which we all know how welcome that would be, right? Don't you love getting unsolicited advice from people? Um, and his advice is to do something that they know isn't going to help, as if the other side of the boat, just a few feet away, is gonna make any difference. But they do, and it does. They can't even pull the net in because of the weight of all the fish that they catch. Verse seven, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. Now the details that John shares here are so specific. Peter was basically fishing naked, which I guess was a thing back then. Uh, sounds more like a reality TV show today, but it was a thing back then. But when John says, it's the Lord, Peter puts on a garment of some sort and he jumps in the water. Now he could have waited in the boat with the other disciples since they were close to shore, but he didn't wait. He jumped in and he swam to shore. There is something so beautiful about this response. It wasn't about being proper. It wasn't about being logical or what makes the most sense in that moment. This was about passion. This was about passion. This was about longing and love. When Peter realizes it is Jesus, he doesn't want to wait. 
He wants to see his friend. He wants to see his Messiah face to face. So he jumps in the water, starts swimming to shore, which John says was about 100 yards away. That's like four lengths of a competitive swimming pool. That would not be a short distance for me. Um, I would be dying by the end of that swim. I'm guessing Peter began to feel it as well, but it didn't matter. Peter longed to see Jesus. So he jumps in the water and he swims to him. Verse nine, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it. And so bread, Jesus said to him, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them and did the same with the fish. So what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing? As these seven disciples are making their way to shore, he's cooking breakfast. How many of us have this image of Jesus in our minds? A fry cook who has taken the time to build a fire and prepare breakfast for his weary friends. Again, there is something so refreshingly ordinary about this scene. The resurrected Jesus is meeting his disciples in the everyday stuff of life, a night of fishing, cooking breakfast. These are just ordinary things. This is just day-to-day stuff. And Jesus is right there in the middle of it, actively participating in it. See, around here at Christ Community, we have this phrase that we use a lot around here. It's a core part of our purpose as a church. Here's the phrase we use it all the time. All things with Christ. What does that mean? It means exactly what we're seeing in this passage. It is living in such a way that Jesus is welcome into every part of our lives so that driving to work or cooking breakfast or sitting at our child's soccer practice or teaching a class or doing our rounds as a nurse or playing a video game or shopping at King Supers or sitting in a classroom or washing our car, all of those things become spiritual activities. All things with Christ, Jesus is alive and wants us to walk with him in the everyday stuff of life. He wants to bring his playfulness and his provision and his presence into every part of our lives. Look, and I realize this is such a huge paradigm shift for how so many people, so many Christians think about their spiritual life. Such a huge paradigm shift because walking with Jesus is not limited to the moments where we're spending in prayer or we're in church or we're listening to the word or in a small group. Walking with Jesus includes being aware of his presence and his love every moment of every day. What might that look like in our lives? Well, It might look like a spontaneous expression of our love and passion for Jesus when it doesn't fit the typical protocol. Like Peter jumping in the water while everyone else is in the boat. I mean, do you ever have those moments in the middle of a day when your love for Jesus is stirred? Your gratitude to him wells up and you can't help but smile. And your coworkers are wondering, what's up with her? Or it might look like in the middle of some parenting challenge when you're pulling your hair out or some decision at work and you don't know what to do. You stop 
to hear Jesus' voice giving you direction. Why don't you try the other side of the boat? Why don't you try this approach with your teenager? Or it might include us more readily seeing his hand at work in the everyday things of life, seeing his abundant provision in ways we hadn't really noticed before. I had something like this happen to me just a couple weeks ago, blew me away. So a few weeks ago, I was in the Dominican Republic um, on a Compassion International vision trip and it was the final day. So we were getting ready. We were all packed up, getting ready to head to the airport. I was having breakfast with on Friday morning with our team, a few of our team members. One of them was a young pastor from Idaho. And uh, we were just engaging in conversation and we began to talk about preaching. Pastors do that sometimes. So we began to talk about preaching. And he mentioned how he has been learning to pastorally respond to interruptions that happened during his sermon. Rather than just trying to ignore it, um, he talked about how he stops and acknowledges the awkwardness and he lovingly speaks into what is happening in the room at that moment. I was, so, I was fascinated by what he had to say. In my 33 years of preaching, I, have, I had never heard anyone talk about this, talk about doing this. So I spent 30 minutes just picking his brain. I was asking those questions. What do you do about this situation? What do you, you know, just add, picking his brain, all the just interruptions, just picking his brain. It was just, and learning so much. 30 minutes, I'm just having this conversation. I'm so intrigued. It's just a really cool conversation. Then we went our separate ways. 48 hours later, I was standing here in the middle of my sermon in the 11 a.m. service. Some of you may have been there. And someone who is not a part of our church stands up and starts speaking loudly and praying really, really loudly. It, it was a pretty awkward moment. And typically, it would have thrown me into a huge panic inside of something. What do I do? What do I do? You know, all that. But instead, as this was happening, I'm thinking, I know exactly what to do here. <laughs> I know exactly what to do. I'm not gonna freak out. I'm gonna gently respond and I'm gonna acknowledge the awkwardness and prayerfully pastor that moment, which is exactly what I did. Look, I, I couldn't believe how an ordinary conversation over breakfast on Friday morning became a beautiful Jesus moment in my life, preparing me for something he knew was headed my way. It felt like Jesus had seen me and had provided a net full of fish when I least expected it. See, I think Jesus loves to do stuff like that. I think Jesus loves to do that thing, that kind of stuff in the everyday stuff of our lives. He is alive. He wants to walk with us and, 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 and bringing wisdom and provision and help and joy every step along the way. The question is, do we see our lives in this way? Not in the secular, sacred divide, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm in church, so that's spiritual. Oh, now it's Monday morning, I'm at work. That's not spiritual. No, no, no. The reality is all of life is spiritual. When we welcome Jesus into all of those spaces, all of those places, he wants to walk with us in every aspect of our lives. The question is, are we welcoming him into those spaces, inviting him to bring his life into the everyday, into the ordinary? Are we following a Jesus who loves to cook breakfast, who loves to hang out? Some of you may remember years ago, this fad 
you know, Christians, we get these fads, whatever. There's this huge fad kind of in the Christian culture, people wearing these bracelets, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? And look, I love the heart of that, but I would want to tweak it a little bit. If I was in charge, I'm not, but if I did, um, I, I would want to tweak it a little bit to reflect the relational reality of what we're talking about today. It's not, it's, it, it, it's not just about what would Jesus do. It's about what is Jesus doing? <laughs> what is Jesus doing? We need some W-I-J-D bracelets, okay? What is Jesus doing? The grave is empty. Jesus is alive. This risen Christ who loves hanging out and teasing his friends and cooking up breakfast, this Jesus invites you and me into a moment by moment love relationship with him where we can welcome him into anything and everything in our lives. See, look, that's, that's the journey we're on as a church. We don't have it figured out. We just wanna walk with Jesus welcoming him into every aspect of our lives, letting his love and power transform us so that we can more and more experience life. So recently, we asked some folks in our church to answer this question, kind of surprise them a little bit so it isn't like well-prepared answers for the most part. It's just that we asked this question, what is Jesus doing in your life? And here are some of the responses. Just watch this video. God has started doing many big changes to my life. In my life, um, was completely changed when God made me wholly and lovingly aware that he speaks all of the time and that when he speaks, dead things come alive. Uh, my name is Patrick. This is my wife Janine and our daughter Ellie. Um, we're originally from Manila, Philippines. The Lord has really placed the call on us to go uh, here in Greeley, Colorado. We don't know anyone. As some of you know, last summer Carson was in the hospital um, not sure if she was gonna make it. This year, I see that we're all home and healthy, and I think that is such a tangible way for us to be able to know that God is moving in our family. It kind of started a couple years ago, I started coming to this church, and I was feeling kind of lost, and I noticed one day in church, uh, we were singing, and a lady came up beside me, and she said to me, she goes, God is not only walking with you, but he's carrying you right now. And she didn't even know my name. She didn't even know anything about me. And it was about two months later, she came up to me again and she said, it's all over, isn't it? And I said, yeah. There has been some crisis that would come up and I think, you know what? Now I know the Lord is gonna go before me and I'm just gonna pray about this situation and see what God will do. Uh, Jesus came through for me. That, that's the, the bottom line. Is that God, I knew God would be faithful and he would go before me and he would make all the crooked places straight and he's going to continue to do that. Jesus is teaching me to be present, to focus on today. Um, he has gone with me through a bad ankle, um, very bad ankle issues. Um, I know that he's going to be there with me no matter what's going to happen to it, but I know he will make it better and I know I will run again. Jesus has done so much in my life. Uh, he's freed me from so many things. And the loving and personal and life-giving voice of God has time and time again broken chains of shame and bondage and fear off of me 
and I want to partner with God to watch his kids come fully alive. The only thing we know is my wife has work here as a registered nurse and this community that the Lord has given to us. So we just want to be thankful to the Lord and grateful for this wonderful community that he has given us today. Um, the Lord has blessed me with good health and it has blessed me with a wonderful church family. And most of all, the topping on the cake to this week is that my grown children will all get together, not separately, but all together for a, a spring celebration that we're going to have. So that's a real blessing. He is always with me, at, always with me at hard times. All these things that were holding me back in my past and now. Now I'm leading a men's group with my college ministry. Uh, I plan to go to Kenya this summer um, and be a missionary, and that's just all from God, just working in my life. can only come from Jesus. And I feel more joy about what I do in my life than being playing for Him or working. I'm living it right now. See, yeah, if you want to clap, go for it. Amen. See, I mean, that, that's the journey we're on, really. We're just a group of ordinary people who want to walk with Jesus. So if you're looking for a community of people to journey together with, we would love for you to be a part of this family and, and journey with us. All right, let's pray. I want to I wanna invite you, as we quiet our hearts, I want to invite you, just, let's just be present to this question. What is Jesus saying to you? Are there places in your ordinary, everyday life that you want to welcome Jesus into? Maybe your work, maybe your recreation, maybe places of struggle or fear, maybe places of doubt or loneliness. Maybe for some of you, it's been years since you made any attempt to really connect with Jesus well, his arms are open wide to you. Open your heart. Open your heart afresh to Jesus. Right now, let's just do that. Welcoming him into these, all of these places in our lives. Jesus, thank you that you want to be a part of our everyday lives. <laughs> and you invite us to journey with you, this journey of faith. You know, there may be some of you here, maybe this is the first time where you feel a sense of prompting in your heart to say yes to Jesus. He offers us his life. He died on the cross for our sins. And he rose from the dead to give us life, but he, but he doesn't force that upon anyone. He, he invites us to welcome him into our lives. Maybe you have never done that before. Saying yes to Jesus in that personal, in that real of a way. I want to invite you, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you've never done this before, I invite you to open your heart to Jesus. Just pray along with me in the silence of your heart. Jesus, Thank you for giving your life for me on the cross and then for rising from the dead to give me life. 
I choose to place my trust in you alone. I ask you to forgive my sin and come live in me. Walk with me. Fill me with your presence, with your Holy Spirit, and transform me from the inside out through the power of your love. God, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. I pray they would grow in their relationship with you. And I pray that for all of us, God, that we would walk with you. Thank you for inviting us into this journey. Thank you for wanting to be a part of every part of our lives. Thank you for being so much more than we envision you to be, for being playful and and for entering into these ordinary spaces in our lives. And we say, yes, Lord, just do that more and more. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. We ask you to set us free now to just worship you for the next few minutes here. God, set us free to do that, whether we're standing or sitting or kneeling. Jesus, we, we want you to know we love you. We love you and we praise you, God. Thank you that you are alive. You are alive and you are alive in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey friends, so wherever you are at uh, coming out of this message today, we want you to know you are not alone and we would love to talk with you, pray with you, um, whatever you need. You can go to our website. There's a chat button on there um, and somebody is always there. Um, we would love to pray for you. So we hope you guys have a great week and hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye.